This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined as always by the Manchester United legend, Paul Parker, to talk over, um, well, a, a week at United, but one where we can talk about two wins for once, Paul. Um, Paul, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Wayne. Yeah, pretty good. good stuff. Um, yeah, if you're watching, please like and subscribe. To If you're watching on YouTube, that is, um, feel free to get your questions in as well if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. If you're listening back on the audio platform, um, please be sure to um, subscribe and review on the platform you're listening on. If you're watching the replay, hello, and um, do feel free to comment because we still do reply. Um, other stuff to check out on the channel. We had some video, um, some match day footage sent to us by um, Unique underscore Treble on Twitter. Um, match day footage yesterday of Ellen Road and the atmosphere is on the channel is um, <laughs> a pretty lively one in the away end, um, as you would expect that it would be going to lead. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but first of all, Paul, we've got to talk about Brighton. Um, 2-0 win in the end, Ronaldo scoring a great goal, um, Fernandez scoring right at the end. Um, it was a very, very, very weird one. It was one we called in the, in, the, um, in the podcast we did last week. We were talking about Brighton and how they were going to come to Old Trafford and, and boss the ball and they did that, they were very unafraid they controlled much of the play for the opening period, United didn't create a lot, I mean the, the best of their play always, as it seems to be at the moment, coming through Sancho when he was on the left um, and then just when you're sort of wondering what kind of response you're going to get from United, they do re- I mean it was provided early in the second half because Ronaldo scored and a great goal as well and then you've got this sort of, it's like a, a conflict, isn't it, really? Because we scored this great goal. United have got the ascendancy. And you're kind of wondering, all right, do we kick on now? Are we going to control this game? Are we going to do the things that everyone has been thinking we're going to do? And then they get the man sent off. And obviously, fine, you know, they've had the man sent off, whatever or not, you know, it, it looked a little bit debatable. But, I mean, it's one of those, you take the challenge, you take your chance and... And basically, that's you know would have a langer would have a langer have scored. I'm not sure, but it was by the by he gets sent off. United then, if you think they're going to control the game, they kind of do for about five minutes, and then Brighton got comfortable again. They they were really comfortable, and by the end part of it, they were controlling it. They had United panicked as if they were going to score an equaliser. Um, United's second goal only basically comes because. They've got everyone forward, and, and Fernandez can run. He's got the the freedom of the, their half to run and score. But, you know, it's one of those things, Paul. Because we won two 0 and because it was a difficult opponent, and because the 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 decisive moment basically came when we were when we were eleven against eleven. 
I'm trying to look at it more positively, but I mean, it is a very difficult game to draw conclusions from positively when when you've won two 0 but they've had a man sent off and they've still managed to control a lot of the ball. I mean, the final possession stat was fifty fifty, and they played forty minutes with ten men, which is um, it's a little bit of a concern. But yeah, I mean, at least we won, right? Yeah, I think. It's not the right thing to be saying when you talk about Manchester United, but you have to look at it in this moment in time. It is just about taking a win, to be perfectly honest. And like you, even with 10, you know, they had 10 men bright, and you would expect a good side to dominate and control it. And then you accept it when you're 10 men, and that's your excuse to reason why you can't be as good as you were before because you're one man less. But Manchester United didn't really grab hold of the game as much as they should have done. They tried to, but at the moment, it's not in the DNA of Manchester United to dominate the ball. Mm. They just haven't got the personnel who play in that fashion. But then we look at the other side, we do ask sometimes what fashion they are meant to play because we, you just don't know what they're going to come up with legs. And I, I looked at Brighton and Brighton were everything, as you said, what we thought they were going to be. And the biggest problem for Brighton is always in that final third. Mm. And, that's the, and that's what cost them, really, in that sense. They didn't really do enough. <clears throat> David De Gea, again, made an important save. Oh, in what the, a save that was. Yeah. It was a great save. I mean, it was a great header, but followed by an even better save. So you have to say, in certain ways, that United were quite fortunate there. Unfortunately, they got a goalkeeper. You know, the goalkeeper performances may be the best in the division at this moment in time, just by what he's done for Manchester United. So... That game there, they come out of it and won 2 0. As far as I'm concerned, a side that compete with all the top sides in the division. But you know, but you're always looking back on it and you're always saying to yourself, it still wasn't right. It still wasn't right. They won the game, but it wasn't right, Wayne. No, five minutes before half time, and it was, I think it was literally just after that save. And obviously, Brighton had been in the ascendancy. There were boos around the ground. Um, and obviously, yeah. these boos are aimed at the players. You can't say that they're not going to... Um, the Old Trafford crowd are not going to turn the back on the manager straight away. Um, so what did you make of that? I mean, have you, were you ever booed when you were at United? I don't think you were. and I can't remember a time in that period. It's been a long time since, long time since I played. So I'm going to come out and say, I've got to say, I can't remember that ever happening, to be honest, in that, mm. in that way. It just... But I think it doesn't happen when it's like as ra- random. And I was lucky in a time where where things were very, very good most of the yeah. time. But I think this is just it's just been built up and built up on performances and results. And I think now the fans have a lot, you know, starting to realise that Manchester United are not just about winning games. Performances are important. People pay money and you pay money to watch football, but you've got to remember now in today's world, you're paying money as well to be entertained, Wayne. And Manchester United haven't really been entertaining in that sense. Yesterday was good in the sense of there was a way from home and it was, you know, as it was said and I heard it being shouted, it was Leeds Cup final. Yeah. It was well, let's, big, let's talk about yeah. that then. Very quickly, I'd like yeah. to go on to that. We got a comment in from Dan, who was at the game yesterday. He says, morning chaps, hope everyone's well. I was at the game, absolutely superb result, best away atmosphere for years. Felt the conditions were really tough, so it was hard to gain control. 
I mean, that's an understatement, right? I mean, he also asks what, what you make of the fullback performances. Before we talk about the game, let's talk about the fullbacks. Um, I, 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 I've never been a fullback. I don't know, Paul. My assessment of the, was Shaw had a difficult time. I didn't think he was brilliant. But Juan Basaka seemed to love it. It seemed to be a game made for him. And he got pretty much everything right with the tackles. Um, he did even accounting for how difficult the, the circumstances were. So before we actually talk about the game, talk about the fullbacks. What do you what do you make of that? Well, to be honest, if um, if the inter if the interim manager, coach, consultant um, plan was to play Wan Pasaka, because the reason why he wanted a good defender on that pitch, because he thought maybe he, he suddenly thought that Rafinha was going to play. I don't know, play on that side. But whatever it was, it was a really good decision because he he got an, he got on that right side of defence were maybe the two best players from Manchester United. I thought Lindelof was excellent. Yeah, with and without the ball, he's defending. He is so assured, and I don't know maybe more. I was looking at because I'm looking up looking at him up against uh, Harry Maguire. And all of a sudden, I was seeing more about him and the way he played, his composure. The yeah. two runs he made out of defence, one that led to the goal and the one in the second half. And everyone talks about Harry Maguire being good on the ball. And I look at Lindelof and he's better because he's composed. He's, he doesn't panic. As Harry, Harry Maguire runs and panics. And it's a rash decision every time he passes it um, when, he's on, when he's with the ball at his feet. But Lindelof was excellent. But Wan-Bissaka, I thought, defensively, he'd done everything you'd expect in that in those circumstances when you play when you play i should say no circumstances but for man united there's only one time that happens when they go to ellen road hmm. and it was really difficult and got to remember as well he hasn't played for a long long time so yeah. you know you talk about before that game he's mostly on the low ebb he's just yeah. come up mainly things have things have changed for him where he was playing regularly he was still being berated by people but he's playing regularly all of a sudden, bang, he's gone. He's out of he's out of the picture, sitting on the bench. He's called up for United's biggest game. Big biggest game for a, for quite a while in the sense of everyone knows that, that, that his leads they've waited so many years to play that game in front of fans. And I'll tell you what, he dealt with it really, really well. I can't remember too many mistakes he made, Wayne, if any. But even then when he did do his bits going forward, it was in the right fashion. You don't have to assist and score goals to be a top-class fullback. You can actually be what's written on the can, a defender. Yeah, no, he, he, and he was. I mean, it's easy to see the comparison. You know, if, if Dallow had played, you'd be, you you would have been concerned about. Um, there, there would have been problems, Wayne. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 to be fair, that even they that both their goals came from the left, but I don't think you could blame Wan Bissaka for them. The, the first one was obviously a freak. Let's let's talk about it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Dan said about you know it was um, best away atmosphere and the atmosphere looked pretty great. Uh, to be honest, you're never going to get anything different with United fans. And you mentioned it earlier. A lot of entertainment, not necessarily down to the way that United were, um, how, how good that United were, but nevertheless, I mean, they still managed to come away with with controlling the game more than what Leeds were able to. And they were able to score the four goals. How did you view that? I mean, it was a crazy game to play in. Is it one of those where you just look at it, you look at how frenetic it is? I mean, first of all, the atmosphere, because a lot of those players wouldn't have been used to that kind of weird 
atmosphere and then you've got the conditions the wind the rain um being as it was um and let's not understate it, that's it was storm um conditions actual stormy conditions so they, they did well to come through that you could see the players were drenched after like five minutes um so they i mean it's one of those where perhaps we we look at it and praise the attitude of them paul i mean that, that's something that's been questioned a lot so um I want to talk about a couple of plays individually a little bit later on. Fernandez being one, and Maguire probably another. But how, how did you make? Um, what did you re- reckon to um, the overall? Um, yeah, what what did you make of it? Because it was such a mess. Like yesterday, what, what's your what did you take away from it? I looked. I just there was definitely a little bit more. It showed more. You, it was more commitment, I think, in certain ways. But it had to be because if it yeah. wasn't commitment in those conditions. Christ, they would have struggled. They, and it showed that in the second half, really, that it wasn't the same commitment in the first half, sorry, in, from the first half to the second half. That's why they conceded two goals in such a short space of time, because too many of them believed the job was done. And that tells you the difference in this team compared to great Manchester United teams. That wouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, but it was just watching football back from the 80s and 90s or where just the the pitch, I mean, in theory, when you look at it, that pitch was quite dangerous. The ball was sticking, yeah. been going about it. Um, but the referee and everyone knew that game couldn't have been stopped. If that rain couldn't have stopped the game because it could have caused incredible problems if it did. But I really did believe, and I'm, I haven't said this this season, but I thought the referee refereed that game really well. Yeah, he did. The way yeah. he was, he didn't want to give people yellow cards. Players were pushing for people to get yellow cards, which is another big problem that goes on in football now, the players of today, rather than get on with their jobs. But he wasn't having it. He, you know, he, tur- he just he turned around and he was just saying, no, no. And he, and he left it as long as he could. And then it come to the point where all of a sudden, this bang, it happened. And it, it had to happen. I think every everything was justified to what he'd done in, the, in that sense. But it wasn't a nasty game. It wasn't that kind of volatile game. It was just such a, a the second half was an excellent, um, an excellent half to, to co-com on in my part. I really enjoyed the second half because of what was going on. And okay, <laughs> I think that was made up in the fact of Leeds getting themselves back into the game. But then what they've done though, is all of a sudden, and I turned around and said, it's important if, if there's a goal scored, United score that next goal. So yeah. I said, I just believe it. If, it, if Leeds had scored it, wow, they would have had like 25,000. They'd have been, United would have been up against 25,000 fans on the pitch because they yeah. mostly wouldn't have come, a, come back from it because of the characters of a lot of the players. So it was that important that they got, they, they got through that in the end. And again, it was, again, it was United has got a lot of goals off of ridiculous football by teams that have, been, you know, the two goals that when you look at Brighton, you look at the goal and you look at the sending off. That was ridiculous what Brighton were trying to do, yeah. where people are trying to play football from because they feel they have to, rather than sometimes you're away from home and being ugly. Um, but United got a lot of, you know, leads overplaying, doing, and, and, and it got them in front. But getting that sales in front, back again, killed leads because yeah. they worked so hard. They had the fans behind them. 2 2, they were bang, bang, bang. And that goal coming when it did, and, that, and the way it was given, killed Leeds. And there was no way back from after they scored that third goal. 
yeah, the, the third one in particular, because um, because it, it was a consequence of the changes that Ragnik made. It, I thought Pogba played quite well, well, really well. In fact, I thought Pogba played really well, and um, and you know he created a couple of big chances in the first half. He looked like the the most influential player in the first half. Um, and then the second maybe dropped off a little bit. And like I said, I keep saying that we'll talk about Fernandez in a moment, and we will. But perhaps United's problem in that middle area is that they win Fernandez and in Pogba, they've got players who like to gamble with, you know, taking speculative passes, which is great if you, you want a creator. But then when you've got a player like McTominay, it was not... I mean, I, th- I thought McTominay was good yesterday, but I want to talk about the three as a, as a trio. They're not a three that are going to keep the ball for you. They're not going to dictate the passage of the play. They're going to do what to they To be do. honest, Wayne, they, they, they are free individuals when they play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And even if you had Pogba and Fernandez together, um, they're still going to be two very individual players looking to do their own thing. They're not. They're not working as a partnership in the same way that you know you always saw Button Skulls or Keenan Skulls or even you know Robson and Ince. The way that they would dovetail and and sort of plan for each other's runs. These players don't do that. They they're very much about their own games, which is you know it's got pluses and minuses. Yes, they. Um, very erratic, but it, you know the point is that Rangnick made the change. He made the change; it was pretty bold to to bring Fred on. And the idea was, the ball's moving around a lot. You have a player to move around and receive the ball, and that's basically how how the the goal came about, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, when you look at it as well, as I'm sitting there and you watch United, you're watching and you you're looking at McTominay, who has got no flexibility, no agility, not agile. And he runs, he runs as tall as he is. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying, he's very upright, very slow, no yeah. change of pace. Pogba's very much the same as well in that sense. So when it comes to Leeds, and Leeds were just bursting through that midfield far too easily. The, yeah. the other midfield player who's playing his own little game in his head all the time, because it's all about him. But as you say, we're going to talk about him late in a little while. But, and I've just thought myself, and then when I saw Fred coming on, I'd have thought, and I, I believe he should have gone with McTominay. Every, everything said, one, is that as far as I'm concerned, he's all right. And if you want to talk about someone because they pack the badge all the time, and the best about playing for Manchester United, then United aren't, aren't in a good place. But you bring on Fred because he's competitive and he's quick across the floor, so quick. He gets across to people, and yes, he makes mistakes. Yes, he gives the ball away. But I'll tell you what, one thing he doesn't do, and he doesn't go missing. He mm. doesn't hide. He goes and looks at the ball all the time. When he makes a mistake, he will go back and try and rectify it by going to get the ball back again quickly and trying to do something yeah. positive to, for himself to get that going again. Um, and that's what I like about him. Well, you know, when I look at the other side of it, Scott McTominay doesn't touch the ball as many times as Fred does. Yeah. You know, he picks and chooses when he wants the ball in areas where he thinks he's safe. But Fred come on and made a dip, made a difference because he was quick with his feet. The fact of him coming on and scoring a goal like he did was something which people didn't think about. But when he hasn't got a lot to think about and things just, he reacts to things. I mean, you look at how when that Elanga gets that ball, as soon as that ball's going to Elanga, he's, he's jogging. And then all of a sudden that ball goes to Elanga's feet and he overlaps him inside the opposing box which 
not many midfield players, you know, when we talk about top class midfield players, wouldn't have thought about doing that. They would have left someone one against one. Go on, go on, don't score. But he made that difference and it allowed Alanga to use him or not use him. The fact that he used him because his line was blocked. And that's, and that's the reason why Fred made the difference on that fact. He changed it, added extra energy. And anybody, I believe, who's a big football fan who sees honest people, because honest people can still make mistakes. Yeah. And Fred, Fred's willing to do that. He doesn't go missing, as I said before. He doesn't shirk responsibility. He got that goal because everything about him. And you look at all these good bits, they've been, all these good bits for Manchester United have been quite important. Yeah. And that was so, so important for every, yeah. you know. And United come away from that game, winning that game 4-2. We saw the game as it was and how, how tight it was, but it was important for the fact of every Manchester United fan who knows how big that game is for United to walk away from that game with something in the bag. Yeah. Um, so let's get on to Fernandes. So he scored the, he, he scored the second goal in the first half. Uh, when the when Leeds scored their equaliser, he was sort of mourning about a foul, which didn't look like a foul, but he was down really gesticulating about it. The um, assist for the fourth goal was outrageous. But there's a, a thing growing about him, Paul, that he, he, he sometimes... He, there's a lot of petulance. We've talked about it in recent weeks, you know, and, and I... A lot of people might say you look at yesterday's performance and you you take the petulance and and everything because he's contributed in in such a big way and yeah obviously United aren't that blessed for talent that they are having to rely on him but it's not the same as when people used to say about Keane and Rooney or even Cantona that they've got a fire in them and you don't want to put it out because it you risk extinguishing all the instinctive brilliance that they've got particularly Rooney and Cantona. It's not the same with Fernandez, is it? It's more petulant than that. He slows the game down. It's like a, a personal vendetta that he's having with everyone around him all the time. It's not, it's like you said, sometimes. And, and yes, look, he obviously really cares about playing for United and his, his importance to how United are winning games and stuff like that is, is very much clear to see. But he does very much seem like he's playing his own game and he's, you know, he's against everyone else. And You'd think like maybe someone ought to be having a word and saying, look, you'd probably be better if you're not doing all this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not enjoying watching him, to be perfectly honest. He's, just, he's starting to grate on me to watch him and what he does. I try watching when things are going well and I think, OK, but that thing in the back of my mind, I just say, I'm, I, just, I, can't, I just can't like him and the way he conducts himself. It's just... It's just not good. I just don't really get where he's going. You talk about Rooney, Keane and Eric. When someone kicked them, whatever, yes, we can talk about Eric. We can talk about all of them. There's been those moments when they've gone for it. But they were mostly, they were generally serious moments of things that weren't nice. Yeah. But we're seeing him petty things and he's in referees. And I'm sitting there, I'm doing this, I'm watching games, I'm going, I'm looking at the ref, I'm look, watching the referee and I think to myself, if he was on the street, would you allow someone to talk to you like that? The manner in which he keeps doing it. What would you do normally on the street? You you punch him. You do something. The referee, I say, give me a yellow card. Don't don't do it. But yeah. he he needs something. Like he needs a yellow card. He might need to be sent off for doing what he does. And you know, and I see why this is the biggest club he's played for ever in his in his career so far. With that ability 
he's wasted a lot of years and it's because of his own talking just the whole way he, the way he works is the fact of he's, he's like a kid the best player in school who's been tackled by somebody and he can't deal with it it's a tantrum on the floor I'm taking my ball home you can be tackled you are a very very good footballer but when you get tackled it's, ne it's not always a foul but if it is a foul and that man in black doesn't give it then you've got to run back win the ball back and then go and speak to him and yeah. ask him the question but don't lie on the floor because that happened against Wolves didn't it it happens every game he goes down there is at least one occasion every game he goes down holding himself and you're thinking is he seriously injured and I know like maybe it, as you know he's happened that often that it's the boy who cried wolf but every single time he goes down with all this sincerity oh my god I'm really hurt and then for a second you're like thinking oh my god is he really hurt and then he just gets up and carries on and it's embarrassing it is embarrassing but like yourself Wayne you know you're you're a massive United fan, and all those everyone who's watching all his games. Every time he goes down, I think now there's a vast majority who switch off and watch what's going on. And yeah. they go, they, everyone just goes, "Okay, we've been there before." It's the boys crying wolf, and and it, it, it's going to happen soon. It will happen, but he's going to get seriously injured, and people are going to feel bad after because they never took it seriously. Mm. And, yeah, it, and it should be. And to be honest, and I, and I. It's about having a manager. Yeah. Manchester United haven't got a manager. He's not managing because he's not telling him. And you can't yeah. tell someone about something if that person believes you're on your stopgap. Yeah. So the whole thing was going, he needs to be told. He needs to be told. He needs a captain to say to him, what the hell are you doing? And yeah. I think I've said it on here before. I went down, I think, on my debut against Notts County. And I went down. I, it wasn't that bad, but I went down. Maybe just the whole thing was just getting what, where I'd gone from in, in playing in front of a maximum of 22,000. All of a sudden, I was playing in front of 42,000 on my debut. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I went down and, and Robbo just come up to me and said, are you hurt? Are you right? You're right. I went, yeah. He goes, well, get up. Yeah. And that kind of, oh, God. Brian Robson has said that. I'm getting up. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole thing. I, I don't get it. But we have to say, Wayne, as we know, it's part and parcel of the game. Yeah. People think that's that's being professional. If you're winning, you know, people go, oh, that's being professional. It's, it's not. As a man, as any person, never show anybody that you're hurt. Unless you're seriously hurt. And that person done that in a way might feel bad, but... Don't ever show anybody you're hurt by rolling around. You're a fantastic footballer. Get up, smile, like Roy, like Wayne Rooney would do, and like Eric would do, 99 yeah. times out of 100. But, you know, we all know those three, that one time was <laughs> was always explosive. Yeah. Because um, it was serious. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Rooney himself, he had a few of those. Uh, Patrick makes a comment about uh, on Bruno. He's not after advocating softy antics because he's old school, but we're always told that we're too nice and not streetwise enough. Is he trying to influence refs in his own way? Yeah, he, I, I think that's the, the problem. He probably is trying to do that, but do you want to see that? There's a there's now a video that tells you if a player, you know, if a player's acting or not. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, it shouldn't be stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, but what's happened to self-respect? Like those words, you know, self-respect. Yeah. So when he walks out with his family around Manchester 
and everyone's going, oh, they see him, Fernandez. And all of a sudden, in the back of someone's mind going, cool, he's an half-dive around. He goes in the shopping centre, people are scared to go close with their trolleys in case yeah. he falls over. You know, he's put himself in that, in that the way he is. What about your own personal self? That, that must come into your mind, Wayne, about how you're foreseen by people, rough and tough. As yeah. people, when we talk about Rooney, all those three you mentioned, but you look at him, you go, you don't know, it's just, it's not right. And you're not influencing referees, because referees are no different to me and you. They watch TV, they look at social media, and they just hear what other people say. Oh, 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 Paul Tierney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, Bruno Fernandes. He was trying to do this and do that. In his own mind, he's human. He's going, yeah, I know. He tried to pull the wool over my eyes. He's trying to con me. Yeah, but he's got to play a different game on a ninety minutes. But in yeah. life, you're not going to deal. You know, you 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 think the same as everyone else. So is he making a difference to the referee? Said no. All he's doing is bringing on what the referee knows already. Patrick makes a comment uh, just following <clears> on from that. I remember Spurs played with it to Martial and getting him sent off, and they won six one. It's the gamesmanship. <clears> that, that, I mean, we can all sit here and say you know talk about it, and you're right, Patrick. You, you're right. Gamesmanship isn't just Bruno Fernandez. It's not just him at United, there are a few like that, but he's the at the moment, he's definitely the most prominent. And I just think, yeah, in terms of, we've got a massive attitude shift that needs to happen at the club. And that's one of the things that needs to happen for United to move forward because mm. they're not going to, you don't really see that happening at City, to be fair. Not really Liverpool, he's a <coughs> words I don't want to say. But the anyway. major thing, Wayne, just I know you want to move on to the next bit. The major thing is that, though, is that you look at the way City are, their positional league and the way they're performing to United. That's the difference. The yeah. reason why United and all the things, the stories that are allegedly coming out and saying all this, is because the club is in a bad place at the moment. And that's what it yeah. boils down to. When you're in that mode of winning things and on the verge of winning things, things are close, you go and grab, nothing ever comes out. It's, it's the same principle when we're talking about lack of accountability for all this sort of stuff we've, when we've criticised Maguire before. And, and before we move on, I'm going to praise Maguire because... Yesterday scored a nice header, and you know the the um, celebration was dedicated to a little lad as well that he's been befriending on social media, which was nice to see. And he won. I mean, we've been very critical of him on this podcast. I, I'm, I'm by the way, I'm with you. I thought Lindelof, another player that I've been critical of before, was absolutely magnificent yesterday. All all the things that you said, I'm completely in agreement with. But Maguire, it went right yesterday, scored great, and we'll move on. That's what you want to see. That's the standard that you want to see um, week in, week out. Right, Atletico Madrid. Um, I want to talk first and foremost about your memories of playing against them. Different times, obviously, very different times. Although, Paolo Futre, um, kind of like the centre-forward, that you know, not exactly like Luis Suarez at all, but... That kind of wildfire centre forward that you're going to get, you know, you don't know what to expect against them. And obviously, your memories are it's a different stadium now, everything sort of moved on. It's, the game's moved on as it has. But um, what, what were your memories of playing in that game? Um, that tie, really, because it was a difficult one. It was, I mean, but it's my first experience of not the first game, but just of European football. So I never played European football, club football, until I signed for United. <clears throat> because the opportunity that happened, for, you know, we qualified for Europe as a QPR player, but we wasn't allowed to play in Europe at that given time. Yeah. <clears throat> but then to go and play there, and you're sitting there, and, and I always, when I talk about European football, 
I always say that the game, you can be comfortable for 85 minutes and all of a sudden, five can complete, the whole thing can change. That's, that was European football as it used to be. You couldn't, you couldn't write a script for it because you, didn't, you, you didn't know what's going to happen, so you couldn't really plan it. But that Atletico Madrid game was all about that, and it was about Paolo Futre. You didn't have to mention his name because I want to mention him and, <clears throat> because what a wonderful player he was. And if it yeah. wasn't for injuries, you know, no different to him to, um, I've forgotten his name as well. Um, there was another player as well, which was in my head I was going to say as well. But injuries stopped him being talked about as a great. You got yeah. to West Ham, still done okay, but he wasn't what he was. He, you know, it was just incredible. His quickness of feet, his movement. <clears throat> he was like a European version of Maradona, wasn't he? The way he was, he, brilliant. Yeah, he was, he was absolutely incredible. The yeah. way he played, and we, and and it was, you know, we, you know, we got turned over in the last few minutes, and the boss just. He went mad, but very in a constructive way, just telling us exactly what it is, was um, everything about it, telling us about European football, you know, and it was all a build. <clears throat> it was all a all a build up for him as well to lead him towards ninety nine. Yeah, such in the way he's thinking, he was always building, and we were the ones who had to go in there just to try and you know just build that little bit along the way for him. And it was always going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, it was always going to be difficult, always. Yeah. And that, that's my lesson in Europe. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember, obviously, everyone <coughs> watches this who's a, a big United fan uh, who's around my age will remember all this sort of talk about Fergie having that, like a um, albatross of the European Cup. But it's easy to forget that when he came to United, he'd obviously got the cup winners cup win behind him at Aberdeen so he had the European pedigree that United didn't have so it was you lot having to live up to him in, in those early days right you know he, he had that pedigree and obviously having won it in, in 91 as well he'd sort of proven himself in Europe yeah but he, he'd done it against the odds with Aberdeen so <clears throat> so the thing about the boss was that every time when he comes at Manchester United he knew himself but he had to go and win, he had to go and do that he just suddenly and I'm <clears throat> taking a massive punt here, but I don't think I'm far wrong. He knew what was expected of him when he came to Manchester United. The same as he believed that every player who played for Manchester United under him knew what was expected of them. Yeah. And that's why... <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> that's why every player who, who wanted, or players who'd done it right, stayed there and done it, done it more than once. And yeah. the reason why they were there for that length of time yeah. The moment it wasn't, they were gone. Simple as that. And you knew it in the dressing room. You knew when players were moving on. You just knew it. The player, the player knew it himself. So that they conducted themselves in a way they knew it's going to happen. But the boss set himself up. Europe was the key. He knew it was always going to be difficult because of the the, the rulings with foreign, you know, with the foreigners yeah. having to play the you know, the you know the rulings, and it was always going to be difficult. You know, he couldn't play the same team on. From Saturday, during my time, he had to make big changes. You know, the biggest call he made was the game at the New Camp. Yeah. During my time, he had to make that call, bringing in Gary Walsh, just to try and another way of doing it. Didn't work out. But at the end of the day, United got what they deserved. Me and was that first Champions League. But it wasn't just a, 
ran, you know, what didn't just happen, it was made to happen and the way he built it, he built his team to get there at that given time with a breed of young players coming through who were so hungry that they wanted to go and do it again and again and again. And that's why United under Sir Alex was always competitive after 99. Yeah. Um, oh, for those days. Oh, for mm. those days. Um, this week, Athletic Home did very different to as they were then, but obviously a lot of continental flair in the team. Um, a bit of a mixed bag this season. They're, they're in fifth. They don't seem to have the same defensive discipline as Simeone's, um, you know, the this classic kind of approach. Um, they is lost that, all... Sorry, won't stop you there. But is that the sign of the times that we're seeing here as well? Because he used to, he managed and he was always like bang, bang. He was always at the place and he's fighting maybe in Spain now as well and everywhere is that you can't, the way you have to relate as a manager now, a coach, whatever you call yourself, to players now compared to that back four he had during that time, he could virtually take him aside and say, you defended very badly, boys. I'm going to take you outside and now I'm going to whip you because you was that bad. And they'll go, yes, boss, we're bad and we'll accept a whipping. And yeah. that's the difference. That's the difference now, isn't it? Possibly, possibly it could be that because, I mean, yeah, the, every... every... When when a generation moves on and and you've got to find different ways of motivating, maybe that's mm. where we are with Simeone at the moment. And I mean, you look, they lost all the games in December. The recent forms picked up, but they're still winning one, losing one. They lost three in the Champions League group. They had a, the first clean sheet for a while at the weekend in a three 0 win. But you look at the team. I mean, um, lightly a reunion with Luis Suarez, which is going to be fun and games. But they've got. Um, Griezmann hasn't played since December. The Carrasco, I think, is suspended. Kuna and, and Lemar look like they're going to be um, going to be uh, doubtful for the game as well. I mean, you, it's one of those where you think, oh, it's a good time to play them. But when the game kicks off, it's still going to be Atletico Madrid against Manchester United. And the players, that sort of equalising factor of thinking, oh, the big names are gone. It sort of moves away, doesn't it? And it just becomes its own thing. Given the... <laughs> The way that you know United have been, you have, you have to say is that I'm not really sure what you're going to get. You you know you talk about who's going to be out for, for Atletico. You still think to yourself what United team is going to turn up? How they're going to do with it? Atletico play a game where they don't really want the ball a lot. It's not the way they play, but that might be different because Griezmann's you know Griezmann's not about at the moment. He might not be available. <clears throat> so on the counter, is always a problem, but. You, you just don't know. So you, you say to yourself, United should should do should get a lot of the ball because they don't really they don't really play that way. But you just know that isn't going to happen. You know that Atletico with the players they've got are going to have the ball more than they're, they're still better. At, even if they don't want the ball, they're still better at keeping it than what we are. Which yeah, is, yeah, because yeah. because of the personnel. Yeah. It's not about the way United set up or anything like that. It's about the personnel. They haven't yeah. got the players who can play that way, um, Manchester United. So we'll have to wait and see what happens in that one. But it's just that occasion you just know the way they play Atletico. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. It's so difficult to score a goal. Really yeah. difficult. It's going to be a difficult game for, <clears throat> more difficult for Ronaldo because he's going to try his hardest to reminisce because of his Real Madrid days. That means that he's going to be taking a lot on his shoulders to say, look, you know, I'm that. And the problem is those players are going to be up against him. And a lot of those players, the players who be up against, mostly watched him on TV <coughs> in Spain. Yeah. 
when he's playing. So it's going to, that case, the occasion is going to be built around him. Yeah. And it's going to be a really, really difficult game for him, as most games for Manchester United are for him. Yeah. For Ronaldo, just by the way that United set up and the way they play. Yeah. It will be. I mean, it's it's been funny like to see the recent weeks where like a lot of opponents are getting on his back when he's not been doing very well. I mean, obviously, you know, he had a few sues from the Brighton fans, and then they were a bit quiet after he scored. But obviously, in recent weeks, he's had it a little bit difficult, and they were all at it again yesterday. Um, obviously, he should have probably done better with that chance, but the conditions might have. Um, hmm. He was just behind him as well. By the way, he's had to drag it, drag it from behind. He got yeah. good contact in the end, really. Yeah, you have to put it down to a good save. It was a good save, yeah, yeah. From a, a, a goalkeeper that looks like sometimes the ball would go through him because it's, <laughs> he's, that, he's that lightweight. Um, before we move on, um, nice comment from Mark. Mark, good morning. Uh, Mark will be joining us on the channel at some point in the in the near future um, as one of our new hosts. Look forward to that. Um, another comment from Patrick. My heart says we've got a chance because Atletico are in the same form as last year. My head says we're not streetwise in tight games against an experienced Champions League side. And yeah, that's perfectly summed up. Patrick should come on and talk instead of us, because I think that was <laughs> very neatly summed up. That's like our concerns in a nutshell. Uh, one guy who should be streetwise is Roy Hodgson. He's been around. He's seen everything. He's now coach of Watford. Um, and they won their first game since defeating us in November of the weekend. They won 1-0 against Aston Villa. Um, Dennis, who tore us to bits in that game, scored the goal. Now, Roy Hodgson has masterminded some great escapes in the past, Paul. Is this the start of another one? It's definitely one because he's now in and because they've won the first game, it's one that we would have had to treat it, having to take a little bit more seriously. And a lot of these players, they were humiliated by Watford. They've got to... that. We're talking about what are these things that are going to make the players stand up and show a little bit of self-respect. This has got to be one. I know it's only Watford, only Watford, but they've got to come out and put a good performance on. They have. They, a lot of them owe it to themselves after... What happened at Vicarage Road? Because it was, excuse me again, because <clears throat> it was poor what happened at Vicarage Road. Yeah. The performance and everything was poor. So a lot of them owe themselves a performance against Watford. And it is going to be so, so difficult against Watford now that Roy's there, to be perfectly honest. And I watched a lot of his games, <clears throat> a lot of them behind closed doors when he was at Palace. And yeah. And just you just see the, the way they played. And it made it so difficult, so, so difficult for people. And the most important thing for the game against Watford, if there's a goal, the first goal that's scored, it has to go to Manchester United. Because mm. if they don't score that first goal, there's going to be a big, big problem. Because they mm. will make it so difficult. He did it at Crystal Palace against against everything. It was everything. You could talk about monetary, everything about it. But he, he made just, <clears throat> I don't know how he does it, Roy. Him and Ray Lewington, but they just make they make players feel good about themselves in the manner in which they do their jobs and the way yeah. they organise. So no one is down. No United fan can be seriously. Who's, who's at the moment go? We've only got Watford. They know they've got a difficult game. Watford pre-Roy would have been not a problem. Would have yeah. been not a problem. They would have turned around and got their revenge after that poor performance in the um, at Vicarage Road. Not now, not that he's turned up there. Those players who go out there will know their jobs. As simple as that. So he will turn around some some kind of make a makeshift squad of players who don't really know each other, because that's their mercenaries. That's yeah. what's been happening in Watford over at Watford for so many years now, what's gone on now. 
It's, it's embarrassing. But he will turn them around. Otherwise, yeah. he would never have taken that job on. It's yeah. as simple as that. So they've got to start right and not be thinking all of a sudden because they've, they've won a big game in Man United fans' heads. <clears throat> a big game against Leeds at Ellen Road as well. To think that that's their seat, that's that, that's that open. That's all right now. Everything's going to be easy because Watford ain't going to be easy. No game is easy now. There isn't. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not. We're nowhere near that to be. You know, thinking that you know this is an easy one. This is a guaranteed three points. Yeah, United are definitely in that position at the moment because the games are running out and the top four space has got to. They've got to. They've got to just accumulate the points. In whatever way they they can, yeah, they do owe Watford something. They definitely do, but they they owe it to themselves as well. Yeah, and I think that's correct. that's the, the problem is is that I don't know. You still don't know about these players, and the problem is that we're stuck with them until the end of the season at least. And 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 the manager, I mean, for look, you said you said it yesterday about Leeds. There was a definite commitment there, and if there's something that we can say in the recent games, the commitment has been there. It's whether or not they're good enough good enough to do it so you know right they'll, they'll try they'll try against Watford whereas they didn't seem to be last time we'll see we'll see what the difference is but yeah nice to talk about um, a week when we've had a couple of wins at least that's um let's hope that we're doing that next week um, we, we call that a rarity yeah definitely this season I'm, I'm trying to think maybe one or two that that's happened already this season mm. don't even know if we've been that blessed um but yeah we was good to, to have one this week at least um yeah if you're watching on the youtube give us a like and subscribe to the channel post comments in the comment section even if you're watching back as well um and obviously if you listen to the audio platform please be sure to um give us a, a review and a subscription on the platform you're listening on uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the trip to madrid and the game against tricky roy's watford um until then stay safe in in this terrible weather which looks like behind paul I've been watching it throughout the episode. It looks fairly safe at Paul's end, but it's now picking up, so I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I've heard stuff out there moving, by the way. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, though, we went through that stage of, you know, we had a whole day about talking about everywhere you went on news. It was just whole, everything to bed, just talk about the wins. We haven't yeah. talked about a win today. The win today, in a moment in time, is no different to the other day. Yeah. And I'm just looking at stuff moving out. I don't have to go outside. Yeah, well, pray for Paul, everyone, and we'll be back <laughs> next week. Hopefully, Paul will be here as well. If not, he might have been blown up to me in Manchester, so we can do it together. But if not, um, yeah, bye next week. Stay safe, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.